Welcome to episode 79 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 8. We are one spirit, one soul, and together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host, Hamida, and I want to bring you stories because stories matter, stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, I am happy to be with you again. For those who have not subscribed to Sharing Life Lessons' new YouTube channel, please do so and don't forget to click on the bell to be notified of new episodes. The link for the channel is in the show notes. The positive thought to begin this episode is from the website thelawofattraction.com. I do this because I have always tried to begin something new with a positive and happy thought. This is a new episode, so here we go. Life happens. When we encounter problems or face obstacles we could never have imagined possible, it doesn't mean that our chances for happiness are over. It simply means that we have been given a chance to grow, to eventually experience even deeper and more meaningful happiness than we ever would have. No life is without its problems. However, it's how you choose to see these problems that will determine the happiness you reap. Over to introducing our guest for today. I really enjoy when I interview the youth. We may think we have a lot to offer to them, which we do, but what they have to offer to us in this ever-changing world is quite something. My guest for today is 24 years old and he has already done so much despite being a college dropout. I see a bright future ahead of him. Everyone, join me in welcoming David Justice. David, welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. It is great to have you on the show as a guest. We met through Facebook. My digital marketer reached out to you and you agreed to be a guest on the show. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on the podcast. David, I know you have a story to share and we are always ready for stories. But before that, can you please tell us something about yourself? Yes, my name is David Justice. I'm a licensed realtor in the South Jersey Central area. Also, my wife and I own a small microgreens farm here in Maple Shade, New Jersey. Some interesting facts about me. When I first got out of high school, I joined the military, the United States Army. I was airborne field artillery. So in summary, I just jumped out of planes and shot cannons. And then after that, I've, I've had a, a couple years of experience in sales through car sales. I work for Mercedes-Benz of Alaska, which we can get to later. And then I've also been a salesperson for Subaru of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So a lot of experience in sales and then also military background. My wife and I, we we just had our first daughter back in March um, of this year. Oh, um, congratulations. Thank you so much. Not all males want to have a daughter. They're always scared about it, but I was thrilled. My firstborn is a, a girl, so I feel super blessed. Hey, listen, daughters are beautiful. I have a daughter and a son, and daughters can be a father's best friend. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And jumping out of planes, that's definitely not something that is on my bucket list. Yes, it's one thing we can get into is one thing that's important to me is conquering my fears. I'm still insanely scared of heights, but I do miss jumping out of planes. And it was one of the craziest things I'll probably ever do. <laughs> but I think, you know, never know. You might do it later on. <laughs> hey, ne never say never. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, David, thank you for that introduction. If for any reason listeners want to reach out to David, real estate, sale, buying, whatever, his contact information will be in the show notes. So David, tell us your story. 
Yes. Um, I'm 24, turned 25. I'm, I'm a, a young guy that started out into business very, very young. Some people take the road of college, which I did pursue right out of high school. I went for one year to Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. I was going for engineering science. Nothing wrong. You'll never hear me talk bad about college. I think it's a place for people that know what they want to do in life, and I didn't know. So I got stuck in the partying and all that type of stuff. And I really wanted to just have a reset in life. After my second semester of my freshman year, got out of school, maybe April. Two weeks later, I was in the military. I was working on it in college, talking to recruiters and going through basic AIT, all the training. I went from Maryland to Oklahoma, all the way to ending up in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will ask me why I was a guy from Delaware. In Alaska, that's why that was my duty station. And it was definitely life-changing. I'm a city guy. I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, close to Philadelphia. My dad's from Philly. My mom's from Cincinnati. I'm a very city guy. So I would have never even, like Alaska would never cross my mind. When I got there, it opened my eyes to a lot. I met a lot of cool people from different places. The weather was different. The food was different. And I did the military for a couple of years. I did one term. David, I want to ask you, what was your favorite part at the military? My favorite part was meeting people from, I'm an extrovert. I'm like, I've never met a person I'm scared to talk to. And it was cool because when you're on the East Coast, I mean, it's pretty normal to meet somebody from New York or Jersey or Delaware, maybe Florida. But I met people from Japan, people from Russia, people from Europe, Africa. The military tends to draw people from different backgrounds. And I think that was just really cool to meet people from different backgrounds. So what happened was I got out the military January 2018. At the time, I was with my now wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, for only like a month and a half. And I had a one-way ticket to Florida, but I chose to stay just because I was, to be honest, embarrassed to go back home. I just wasn't happy where I was in life at the time. And two, I, I really saw a future with my wife, again, girlfriend at the time. So I decided to cancel that ticket and stay in Alaska even when I got out of the military. Mm. And yeah, I wasn't in a good place when I got out of the military. Most people think that everybody wants to hire you. That is not the case. And I went for about a couple of weeks, maybe a month unemployed, did everything I can to kind of help out. My, my wife was letting me stay there. One day I was looking for a car and the car salesman was an ex-drug dealer. And he was, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, the car salesman was what? He was an ex-drug dealer. So he went to jail hardcore, sold a lot of hard drugs, and he moved to Alaska from Cali to start a new life. And I figured if he could get a job mm -hmm. in car sales, a veteran, I'm a good, you know, standing person. I feel like I was a nice person. So I figured I could get a job. So I applied to every car dealership in Anchorage. There's about like 10 or 12 of them. I got two interviews. Toyota told me I didn't have enough experience. Honda said no. And the person that gave me a chance was this luxury brand, Mercedes, which was a long shot. That's where my sales career began. Nice. Um, yeah. So what ended up happening was after a couple years in car sales, I wanted to move back to New Jersey. I got married to my wife, convinced her I don't know how to come to New Jersey. And here I am. <laughs> so David, now that you are in New Jersey, what are your plans for New Jersey and where do you see yourself going in the future? Yes. So um, I had a fallout with my manager at the time. I, I felt not respected, undervalued. So that was my time to jump into real estate head on. That was my goal. So I took a two week accelerated COVID hit and that two weeks turned into three months. 
but that's what I do now. I'm a fully licensed real estate agent. I've been doing it for about a year and a half with Berkshire Hathaway. And the next thing that we're working on too as well, the goal is for 2022 is to start on the investor side. We are looking to definitely in Jersey, but also it's important to me to invest into my hometown, which is Wilmington, Delaware. I would like to create some affordable housing for people in that area. And then the second thing that we have going on right now is my wife and I earn a microgreens farm in Maple State. We grow small microgreens, which are like miniature versions of the parent plants so if you have cilantro instead of getting the big bushy one you get from Wegmans or ShopRite they're smaller versions which you'll usually see at like a juice bar or you'll see them on a sandwich or you'll see them at a fancy restaurant around the plate and that's what we do we grow things weekly for a, a local restaurant so th- that is what we're working on right now that's interesting and what kind of fruits or vegetables or herbs we have two different types of radish. We grow mustard, we grow cilantro, we grow peas, we grow corn shoots, which is like pretty much like corn. Some people call them popcorn. Uh, We grow basil. So we grow a lot of different things. Uh, David, you've gone from being in the military to a salesperson to still being a salesperson, but having your own business. Mm. Tell us life lessons you've learned from all of these experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you a few. I feel like I'm always growing, but one of the main ones that I, I'm all about is is opportunity and taking it very fast. A lot of my peers and surprising people older than me were asking me around, how are you doing? So how did you get your license that quick out of nowhere? How did you start a business? How are you going to Alaska? I think it was 23 at the time. And to be honest, I didn't have the answer. I didn't really know what was working for me. So I, I sat back and I evaluated and that's where I came up with the book. And it was, I take decision very fast. And I believe that I have the same opportunities that everybody else has, whether you're in a low income area or you're in a rich area, you're overseas or whatever, we might not have the same amount of opportunities, but we all have at least a few opportunities in our life. And the difference between me and other people is not necessarily that I'm smarter or stronger or I have more money mm-hmm. is I just act a lot faster. And that is one big thing that I, I, I push for people is that they need to learn how to make decisions a lot faster and quicker so that these opportunities don't pass them by. That's very interesting. And so let me take you a step further through this life lesson. Can you share with us when you say faster, what goes into your decision-making analysis? Like, how do you take these decisions faster? Yeah, absolutely. I also advertise not quicker, but better decisions. Nobody wants to just make quick decisions, but they're not good decisions. So the two things, uh, one I go into in chapter eight is called Profess Yourself. And it's about you knowing yourself. You should have a clear understanding of what is important to you, who do you value in life, where you want to go. And in that chapter, to know yourself, there's two ways you can do that. You have to treat it as in like a profession, as a history major. You need to go into the past and see what you have done in certain situations. So you can start as early as, as when you were a kid, as when you were in high school, what type of people did you like hanging out with sports or did, did you not like sports? Were you artsy? When you got out of high school, what was the first thing you did? When you became an adult, what type of job did you like to do? Your past is like one of the best teachers you can have. And that might not tell you the future necessarily, but it will give you an understanding of what was important to you. Then the second thing you need to do to know the future is put yourself in uncertain situations on purpose to see how you react to new things. When you go to a new store, what things are attracted to you? When you start a new job, what people do you listen to better? What managers do you work best with? Putting yourself in new situations, that's why I like jumping out of planes, is you really see how your body reacts to certain things. Mm-hmm. And those are the two ways that you'll really understand yourself. 
once you have a good understanding of yourself, it makes it easier to make quicker decisions. If I apply for five jobs, how do I know which one I want to take? If I know what's important to me, if I know where I want to go in life and what I've chosen in the past, it should be a pretty no-brainer answer to that question. So I hope that helps, but that's what I do. The second thing you want to do in chapter three, it's called what if. And what I do is once I know my goals, once I know the dilemma that I'm in, I ask myself, what if? If I make this decision, what is the worst thing that can happen? What is the best thing that can happen? And I weigh the book and whatever I see fit is, is the better way to go. That's how I make the decision. And again, that really goes hand in hand with the professor self that you need to know yourself too to see what the positive outcome could be. So when you say in the what if scenario, you say what could be the worst that could happen. Are you mm. saying to us that if you come up with that worst case scenario, you can tolerate it, then you should go for it. Yes. Oh, not just, there's another step that was also seeing the, what if, if I do it, what's the best thing that can happen? If that is also not worth your time, mm. maybe it's not necessarily a bad decision, but maybe it's like a lot of time. Maybe it's a lot of money, whatever needs to be put into that decision. You need to weigh both the good and the bad. Sometimes I used to actually make a list. It might be a short list. It might be a long list. If the good outweighs the bad, then it might be worth it. If it takes a lot of time, maybe you want to be home with your kids a lot. And even though there might be a positive outcome taking this job, you might lose a lot of time with your family. That might be an easy decision for you to make because that's priority to you right now is being with your kids. So you definitely don't want to just weigh the bad. You also want to weigh the good. That makes a lot of sense. And David, I don't think we covered the name of the book you authored in the beginning. So can you tell us the name of that book again? The book title is Learning to Say F It, The Power of Making a Choice. So that book right now is on my blogs exclusively, the Young Merchant blog. But the book is all about making quick decisions and also better decisions. So the, the book gives you specific ways that you can learn yourself, learn how to make better decisions, how to make quick decisions. The book is very personal. It's very short, but it's specific examples when I make quick decisions or when I miss opportunities and, and how did I make quicker decisions in the, in the future. That's great to know. David, I want to go back to the what if scenario. One quick question on that. how tied up or attached are you to the outcome of your decisions? You don't want to let it restrict you. There's another chapter I talk about. It's called fear. You don't want to let the negative stop you from making decisions. If you're doing this, what if breakdown, right? There probably are going to be some negative things. Um, I don't like to tie myself too much into that thought. But at the same time, I'm not an advocate for just making decisions just off whim. And I think you need to consider the outcome with maybe not little things like what I'm going to eat for lunch today, but very important decisions. Whether it's a job, should I have a kid? Should I move? Should I invest in this company? Those type of situations, you definitely should be considering the outcome. I do think people need to take that in consideration with their decision. Okay, so you made a decision and you acted on it. And then the outcome was not what you thought it would be. How would you react at that point? Or I what are the decisions you would take at that point? Yeah, you can't make every decision right. You're going to have some bad ones. As far as me, for example, with real estate, I don't regret it in a sense because I'm still in real estate, but I had a, a hard time financially during the first couple of months. I didn't sell my first house for six months. The average real estate agent doesn't sell one for seven to eight months. So it, it, and it takes at least 30 to 45 days minimum to close on that on the deal unless it's cash. I didn't really consider that that much when I first got in. I just wanted to get in and go for it. To be honest, that definitely probably wasn't smart financially. But it got me in and now I'm doing better than I thought. Again, I, I think at the very least, even if it doesn't turn out the way you want, you will at least get a lesson out of it mm -hmm. that you can next time. 
as far as with my uh, microgreen business, that is not the first business I've started. I've started a painting company. I've started a landscaping company. I've started a clothing line before. And two of them actually do have LLCs. Some people might say a waste of time, but at the very least, I learned how to create an LLC. I learned how to get my finances right. I learned how to set the website up and network with businesses. So yes, those businesses were a fail. Some people's point of view would say that that was a waste of time. For me, I became a better business person taking that action. Very good to know. Any other life lessons, David? Yes. Learn to surround yourself with people that do what you want to do. Doesn't necessarily mean if you want to be a painter, you don't have to talk to somebody in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, that's a painter too, because you might be direct competitors, but you definitely want to associate yourself with people that do what you want to do. They're hard lessons that they learn, teach you. Maybe you don't have to make mistakes that they already made. They might be able to introduce you to people that might take years to get in touch with that. They could just text them. You can have the contacts you want. Really use resources. And the biggest resource I think is people. So if you can, whatever business or job, whatever you're going to do, talk to them, buy them lunch just for their time or whatever, and, mm -hmm. you know, pick their brain. I love that you said that because that is the very premise of this podcast. It's sharing knowledge, learning from others so that you don't make the same mistakes that they did. So I'm so glad you touched upon that. Absolutely. I truly do feel people are an asset. Yeah, I agree with you. And David, give us your one final message to the listeners, if you may. Yes, I'm not going to go cliche and say life is short, but I will say try to create a resume and try to hit everything on it. So for me, it was writing a book. My book, I, and I've had a lot of success, but I didn't care if people bought it. It was something that I wanted on my life resume. And if one person read it and just my mom, that was fine. I wanted <laughs> to get it done. I and like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> and I think that's what people need to do is what, not necessarily what other people want, just make a list of things that you want to accomplish, whether it's this year or your lifetime and, and go after them. David, this was wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for that final message for all of your life lessons. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Listeners, as I mentioned earlier, I enjoy talking to our field. I hope you enjoyed listening to this dialogue as well. As always, here are my key takeaways from my discussion with David. One, when an opportunity shows up at your door, then make quicker decisions and act fast before it passes you by. Two, to do that, let your history tell you more about yourself, your likes, your interests, and your passions. And to better understand or deal with the future, put yourself in uncertain positions on purpose. You will learn how your mind and body react to new things. A good understanding of yourself will help you make quicker decisions easily. 3. If there is an important decision that needs to be made, then run the what-if scenario. What is the worst that could happen and are you willing to take that risk? Or what is the best that could happen and is that worth your money, time and energy? Personally, I have never looked at it this way before. For me, if there is a positive outcome, then I decide to go for it. But whether it is worth my time has never been a criteria for me. And I agree that it should be. Four, remember that if you fail, then you can only learn from it. As Robert Kennedy said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. And lastly, Surround yourself with people who do what you want to do 
so you can learn from their mistakes. And they can help you get to your goals, either by getting you in touch with the right people or maybe even being a resource to pick your brains when you need it. This brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you the next episode of Sharing Life Lessons next Wednesday. And remember, folks, that is going to be the last episode of Season 8. And I'm going to bring you a very special guest. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be blessed.